welcome to Tell the Damn Story, where we... I don't have the thing with me. Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> where we tell the damn stories. Sometimes we make them up because sometimes it's necessary because we didn't get all our props and stuff together. We're going to, you know, I'm just going to keep rolling, Chris, because you know what? All right. Well, you're Chris Ryan. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you what I can tell you. Okay. Right. You're Chris Ryan. Straighten up the, the den so it could be habitable. Uh, and uh, yeah. Well, tell the damn time. story mm -hmm. where we uh, take on the challenges and uh, 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 I don't remember it. <laughs> okay, so we'll do it this way. Folks, welcome to, to episode 160 of Tell the Damn Story. That's right. I'm Alex Simmons, and the you guy know. who has this wonderful, well-written intro that he does each week, that's Chris <laughs> Bryant. I don't know where I put it, man. I, I, I'm not finished telling you how wonderful you are. He's an independent author, ex-reporter, uh, boy out of the Bronx, moved to another part of the tri-state area. He's been yeah. a teacher in the high schools of literacy and reading and writing for many, many moons, many decades. He's Almost also an author, independent <laughs> author of a number of great fictional books, such as the City series, with City of Woe, and a few others, and and the man is amazing because not only did he write three wonderful mystery novels with the city characters, as well as Genius High, we'll talk about that another time, but because as the writer that he is, the accomplished writer that he is in the independent arena, he is also dedicated to serving the story. Got back in, and for almost, what, six months to a year, mm -hmm. been rewrites on one of the novels that's already been out there, has already received a couple of awards and everything, He's going back in because he knows it can be yep. worked with a professional um, editor and is moving his his professional resume into the um, you have a great phrase for this, but into traditional. the traditional publishing arena. He's had a number of short stories published in certain articles and anthology, which you'll mention in a moment. And he's reworking the one of the original city uh, novels, which I have not read the, the revisions on it. But the way he has talked about it in numerous episodes, folks, go back and check those out. You will find out that this man is dedicated to telling oh. the damn story. What's his oh, name man. again? Chris Ryan. And Chris Ryan is very, very, very honored to be sharing the podcast with the legendary oh, comic book writing, young detective developing, creative uh, um, a creator of much underused uh, Gothamite hero, which we uh, leave unnamed, but mm. he should make a comeback if there was a god on the planet at all. Mm. And of course, he is the globe-trotting, world-traveling, peace-spreading creator of the 1930s soldier of fortune, Aaron Blackjack Day, who yeah, yeah, yeah. faces the troubles of his times that unfortunately reflect the troubles of our times. Action, adventure, and a conscience. Ladies and gentlemen, only one man could create such a character. And that man is Alex Simmons. Here he is, ladies hey, and gentlemen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, you know... With all of that, it's going to be real hard to convince people that one of the reasons that we're a little flummoxed today is this, I haven't been feeling well today. No, it's it's not that terrible thing that we're all afraid of. But, you know, just one of those natural little ailments that sort of slips in there if you either had bad food or whatever the heck it was. I was not a happy puppet all day, or puppy even. Mm -hmm. And then I, I sort of said to Chris, look, Chris, you know, we got episode 160 coming up. I just don't want to not do one just because right. I don't feel all that wonderful. And Chris said, who oh, gives a dang what you feel? We got to do this episode. Damn right. That's not what he Get said. On it. He Tell said, I got you back. You're a wounded warrior, but I got you back. Let's let's just go do this the best we can. Now, so, here's here's the great irony. What? What's it's that? that, ladies and gentlemen, we planned to do a short episode. It's already too late. <laughs> I've got one piece of paper. It took us so long to do the intros. We're already at the regular length of episodes. Oh, there you go. Right. But so you know, Alex, um, wait, wait, let's fall back. I'm sorry. I don't know what you're going to do. I'm just going to say, whatever you're going to do, let's do that. And then I'm going to say, let's fall back to one thing we usually do, 
which is I'm going to ask you what you've been up to, and you do the same. Well, but let's I'll, do that first. Let's do that. Okay, first. let's do that first. Chris, right. what have you been up to? Well, I got to tell you. Well, I had such a great experience with uh, the editor that we talked about, and um, now I am uh, doing research on agents and um, publishing houses that would look you know, unagented, so I could send out both at the same time, and we'll see. Although I would prefer the agent experience. That would be interesting. Um, but at the same time, I talked to her. I said, would you like to see something, or would you be willing to see something that has never been published? Uh, matter of fact, it's not even done yet. It's only, yeah. uh, now I would say it's about a third done. Um, and that's perfect, which we've mentioned once before. That's that's the name of the, the story. That's, that's, that's not the name of the story. story. It's not the condition of the story yet. Right. There you go. <laughs> But, uh, so I'm going through that. I'm going to give her what I have and then bullet points for the plot for the rest to see what she thinks about where it's going, uh, marketability and all that sort of stuff. And it'll be interesting to see where that, you know, where that leads. Um, I'm also, uh, you know, I'm continuing the self, uh, self study of, uh, both how I can write better and also the marketplace. And, um, to that end, and with the editor's suggestion, I uh, I scraped together enough money for um, a subscription to Publishers Marketplace, which uh, oh. news itself each day, and it is an overwhelming experience because it's about I don't know. It seems like it's 40, 50 tidbits of new news every day or some nonsense. It's just, just mm-hmm. wow. So I'm learning it's an online service of some it's sort. An online service. It's a it, it costs like $25 a month or something, but, uh, I, I'm starting to learn about agents. I'm starting to learn about publishers. Um, and then there's a section for writers. So, um, I read blogs from agents or from, uh, uh, guest writers or, or that kind of stuff. And, um, I was really great. I read one, uh, last night that slapped me in the face because, um, I take some compositional risks with one of my pieces and it was exactly about that, you know, oh. uh, never use an ellipsis unless someone's dying in the middle of the sentence. I thought that was really great advice. Um, you, you talked to me about that. Yeah, but I used, there was, there was, a, a, a that and M dashes I used for a while and, uh, now I'm cleaning them up. You know, the, the editor, uh, uh, was like, mm, you know, that's, that's not coming across the way you think it's coming across. And, you know, it's those it's those lessons that you can't learn without someone else who's not a buddy, you know, who or or married to you, you know, who is looking at it professionally. You know, they're not going to tell you that stuff. So uh, that's what I've been doing. Um, finally reading um, Blacktop Wasteland, which uh, by Cosby, uh, S.A. Cosby. I've been wanting to read that for a I'm long sorry, time. Sorry, repeat that name again, please. The author? S. A. Uh, Cosby. Okay, having American nothing American to do with writer. noted celebrity of dubious reputation at the moment. No, 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 no. Okay. No. Just, just yeah, this guy's from uh, Missouri, Mississippi, or somewhere around there. But um, good, good writing style, and um, you know everyone has made a big fuss about it. So I want to see what all the fuss was about. And uh, oh yeah, it, uh, it was worth the fuss. Um, so. And there's a few other things uh, I'm looking at, but um, what else? Uh, just, you know, I'm, oh, I'm oh, oh, neck oh, oh, deep. Something in- came out. I saw an ad that you sent me. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, see, um, I'm paying attention here. The uh, Jungle Red Writers uh, organization put out an article Actually, the editor of the book uh, 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 kind of put it together for us, um, and it was about uh, California Scheming, which, which is the um, uh, anthology that's coming up. I think it debuts next weekend or right after that, because the virtual Buchacon is next weekend. And uh, this is the writers' convention, folks. Yeah, it's it's probably Buchacon's. Uh, I'd say the top. Uh, crime writers or mystery writers uh, uh, convention uh, in America, and uh, or maybe one of the top three, I don't know, um, but up there. And they put out an anthology each year. I'm lucky enough, again, to be included 
with the likes of Walter Mosley and many other mm-hmm. tops, and then a bunch of newbies like myself or or early in our career. And uh, this uh, article asked asked a couple of us uh, to talk about writing in California uh, or writing about California. Yeah, because you're not there. You're in New Jersey. <laughs> right. And, and well, that was part of the thing was to, to fess up to that right away and uh, to talk about our story through California. So, you know, get a little promo for the historians, that kind of thing. It was really, the article came out really well. Um, and there, it was published uh, or, or posted in uh, several different places. So it was a nice little boost for everybody. And I posted it on my thing to help spread the word on all my social media. So Chris Ryan writes on just about every platform. If you're interested in seeing where it is and what it looks like, just go, go past the uh, 10,000 Beagle pictures and, uh, <laughs> and you'll get the California scheming. And hit the link, especially uh, on Facebook, Chris Ryan, author, or uh, Twitter. The link is right there, and you can read the article. It's pretty cool. There you go, that bro. Okay. Uh, now, I, I got two things. One, you were in um, the anthology you're talking about is uh, in a Butchercon uh, anthology. What, what's the yeah. name of that? California Scheming. Right. And when is that coming out? Um, well, Butchercon is next week. Um, you can order it online through, I think, through the publisher right now it's, uh, or through the um, uh, GoFundMe or something like that. Um, and if you look at uh, if you look at the link, there's a link for it right there in the article. Okay. And um, I think it debuts next weekend and then becomes a wider audience October 21st or something like that. Um, but it's, you know, it's just a, a bunch of fun stuff. And, uh, I'm very excited about, uh, this story. This is, um, this launches the hellhounds, uh, imprint or, or not imprint, but, um, brand, I guess. Yeah. Is uh, that, that's the uh, spinoff. Um, it's the a spinoff from Mallory and Gunner from the city yeah. series. Yeah. And, uh, it turned out to be at the same time, um, high adventure, a lot of fun, and then a serious statement. And if you can do those three things, you know, you did your job. And I, uh, I hope you enjoy the story. But, it, you know, the feedback I've gotten so far is that I hit those three things. And, and man, I've been working to, to be able to do that for people for how many years have I been alive? <laughs> so, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so my my little um, my little uh, episodes will be probably much shorter than yours this time this time yes. around. What what have you been up to? Well, you know, besides trying to poison yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you, you, no good deed goes unpunished. So actually, yesterday I was I was meeting with uh, folks discussing Kids Comic Con because I mean, some of you uh, listeners may know that I co-created uh, an all-age family event comics and so forth called the Kids Comic Con. Um, this was its 14th year in existence. This year we did it as a virtual experience, but usually it's a live, in-person, face-to-face experience on the campus of Bronx Community College here in the Boogie Down Bronx of New York. And a, a number from KCC, uh, kids, you know, into, into meeting writers, professional writers and artists and and, and producers and publishers and puppets, uh, puppeteers and uh, performers, they, they've come there for an opportunity to meet with these people and ask questions and learn things and show what they, you know, the kids showing what they can do. And it's been great all of that time. But one of the other things that I really wanted to develop was having kids that are connected with us actually generate their own thing, you know, actually put out their own comics or their own stories or their own art. And so Three young ladies that have become involved with um, the organization, and one of them is a, an intern for me as a writer and so forth, uh, they, uh, Kayla, Emily, and Jordan, came up with the idea to do um, an art gallery uh, online exhibit of young people, of children and young people's art. So they put this together, and they launched it uh, just, uh, what is it, today is the 10th? So we launched it like on the 3rd of October. It's called Oodles of Doodles. I didn't make this up. They did. Oodles of Doodles. And, you know, it's on the KCC, the Kids Comic Con Facebook page and on our um, website. And people can email 
or scan and send in, uh, young children can send in their artwork, and we're going to put it up. So that got started. And then I was talking to the girls again, and they also, they, they did all this in August, <clears throat> talk about and plan this. They launched um, Panel Talk. So it's KCC Panel Talk. Okay. And it's the three girls, either three of them talking about what it's like to be young, and, and in this case also to be women, uh, but to be young people, to be children who want the arts to be in a vibrant part of their lives, and the reactions that they get, sometimes negative, from their parents or their teachers or people who say, well, you know, they really can't make a living in the art or that's only for playing around or whatever. So they talk about that, but they also interview kid artists and they also interview professional artists. So we interviewed several children and then yesterday they interviewed, yeah, yesterday was Friday, they interviewed um, Sesame Street performer. I mean, she's more than a Sesame Street puppeteer. Leslie Carrera Rudolph, she's this remarkable performer. They interviewed her. I have to engineer the shows, by the way. We do this on Zoom, so I engineer and I play executive producer. But they interviewed her, and it was just a wonderful experience. I had to get all that together. So that was another thing that happened. But then we, I went to this meeting to discuss more KCC things, and we ate. And I don't know what it was that I ate, but I, I don't think it was dead yet, Jim, because, because it was dying in my body this morning. So well, I hear that. Yeah, so I mean, I'm, 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 you know, we Simmonses are a hearty breed, so I'm dealing with that. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I wanted to say is that as a writer, I am working on three different projects, and gosh darn it, I'm not supposed to talk about any of them. This is very frustrating. You know, so there you go. Yeah, but get, you know, when when you can't talk about it, that's usually a good sign. You know, <laughs> um, if you say so. <laughs> well, you know, because at the moment, right now. I could talk about everything I have, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> well, I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. I'm working on a project. Um, it's a small contribution to this project, but I'm happy to be a part of it. Uh, and it has to do with a, a cartoon and comic or graphic novel character. It's been around for many, many decades. And then I was reading when I was very young, and I'm, I'm glad to be a part of what's being done with that. And then there's a, another comic book character of great renown, who I was uh, privileged to write a short story about, and I can't talk about that. <laughs> and then I'm working on this uh, spy book um, in a graphic novel form for another publisher, which I also can't talk about right now. But they've all been interesting, fun um, uh, projects to work on, very, very different in their tones and things, a, a good playful uh, exercise, a good research experience, um, a good uh, teaser and challenger to manipulating uh, images and arranging storytelling and, and getting suspense and thrills in there. So that's been fun. And then the other thing I can talk about, which I never talk about on this show, and then I'll, I'll stop. We'll get to the questions. For the past uh, two months, I've been doing uh, a writer's boot camp, mystery writer's boot camp, uh, where for four days, 90 minutes per day, um, people who come on board, you know, they become my, 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 my little soldiers of writing. Uh, they come on board and I teach them some of the, you know, major five tips and tricks that I use uh, in writing mysteries and setting up and writing a mystery story, composing a good mystery story. Mm -hmm. So that's been fun. So I've got another one coming up on the 21st of this month. So I've been prepping for that. So that's been my life. And I'll get back to most of that as soon as I get over feeling, you know, cool. kind of mm, in the gut. All right. Well, let's have two shout outs before we get to the question. Oh, absolutely. One shout out. We shout now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you get a chance, go to the social media of one Alex Simmons um, and you all get to see his uh, campaign for the courses he's talking about. And it's really cool to see you um, uh, kind of executing those extremely well. And I just wanted to shout you out for that. Thank you. And then this is a two for one shout out that I had forgotten to mention before. Also. You know, roll with me on this. Uh, um, I want to shout out the Lit Bar in the Bronx. Yes. Okay? yes. And here's why. I mean, it's, you know, it's open and people can go there. And if you're in the Bronx and you like to read, go and check out the Lit Bar. Now, uh, you can go on their social media and uh, they have uh, what they're calling a virtual, vi virtual vibe, I think they're calling it, mm -hmm. um, in which the owner... Uh, who has got a great presence about her. Um, she interviews writers, and, and then they go and do signings and stuff. And today was 
your friend and my um, uh, uh, associate, I guess, because I've only met him once or twice, three times, uh, Jerry Kraft. Yes, um, yes. Who had a, an award-winning graphic novel out and now has, I'm not sure 100% if it's a sequel or not, but it's called yeah. Class Act. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, it was really fun. They split the screen, did the interview. Um, it was live on Instagram, probably a few other platforms. But you might be able to see a, um, a replay after this, you know, go and check out the Lit Bar. And hey, Lit Bar, Alex lives in the Bronx. I grew up in the Bronx. <laughs> we really dig your place. We got some stuff we can come over and, uh, you know. Well, that's, that's, that's uh, your shout yeah, out. Cross promotion. Come on. Lit bar is cool. <laughs> All right. There we go. Okay. So, so uh, Jerry's, Jerry's first book is The New Kid. It's a Newberry, uh, correct, Scott King award winning book, graphic novel. Check it out. That's what's okay. And the one that they do, the one that's out now, is called Class Act. Correct. So get both of them. Get both that's of them. Right. Why? Because Jerry Kraft knows his craft. But he oh, knows yes. how to tell the darn story. Yes. He's in all ages, so we had to fix it. <laughs> Yes. There absolutely. we go. All right. So let's let I hear there are questions. Yes, there so, are. Uh, I'm going in from this point of the show on. I'm going blind. Uh, I don't know what's coming. Let's see what's going to happen. Well, one of the, one of the questions. and thrills, folks. One of the questions, actually, I'm going to start with is going to be my question, because you said something in talking about your experiences. And you were talking about how the editor, which is, by the way, a professional editor, worked with a number of people. Over, over. I have to work up the nerve to ask her if I can use her name. Got she deserves praise, but out of respect, until I get permission, I won't. So, but she she was saying to you, and you said you've heard this before, something about overuse, avoid the overuse or the use of ellipsis and m dashes. Yes. Yeah, um, talk about that a little bit. How do you how do you avoid that? How do you? I mean, well, you know, there are different um, uses that again, I've, I, I've come. Um, I wish I knew remembered. Uh, the name of the blogger, um, Tawan, I forgot her name. I'll, okay, I, so I'll we'll, wait. But, but she was talking about, she was a teacher and a, and a publisher, a published writer and all that sort of stuff. And um, I think Janet Reed is her agent. I think that's where I saw the blog. Um, so check out her blog. You'll see what I'm talking about. But she was talking about how she talks to her students and says, um, nothing, nothing gets improved with ellipsis. You're not allowed to use ellipsis unless someone dies in the middle of a, a saying a sentence. Mm. That's when you can use ellipsis because a period will do it just fine. And one, the, the bit that she said that really hit home was concentrate on writing sentences that do the work. So you don't need an ellipsis or in my case, an M dash. Um, I'll explain my theory with the M dash uh, and what I was trying to accomplish in a minute. But um, she says, don't overwrite. Don't try and use fancy words. You know, and then she had the sentence that was about four or five lines long about this person. And then she said, uh, uh, he broke his arm and it hurt. It was, and that'll be fine. And <laughs> that kind of stuff. And I think she's right. And I wish I had her name because she deserves praise for this stuff. But um, I was, uh, you, you slip into, you know, the thing with punctuation, okay, is that if it's not a period or a question mark, you must be aware, or a comma, I let that go. Anything else is crack, right? Uh, if you use one exclamation point, you'll use seven <laughs> or 12. You know, and only one person on the planet was ever uh, able to get away with that. And that was Stan Lee only in the Fantastic Four. Every sentence ended with an exclamation point. Most exciting thing ever. Um, you know, and they had dinner exclamation point. Um, but it's a crack. You know, it's crack. It'll you'll overuse it almost all the time. Um, semicolons. Most of the time when you use semicolons, two sentences will work better. You know, um, and ellipsis, you know, you use it once and then it feels like you should use this as, oh, here too, and three here. And what you're thinking in your head, or at least what I'm thinking in my head is, yes, and fade. But you're writing prose. You're not writing a script. 
And if you write a screenplay, because some of your students do, and you put ellipses, it won't work because you're supposed to write fade to black, right? Or whichever, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you're, right? And the same thing goes to me. Um, there was a couple of places in my earlier work where I used M dashes as slam cuts. You know, in a screenplay, you would put mm-hmm. slam cut to, right? So the editor knows, boom, bah, boom, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I was using the M dashes to do that, but they don't, they don't do that. What they do on a, a, a reading experience is they kick the reader in the shin just a little. <laughs> so here's the, the ultimate rule for all this stuff is that you have to be really, really diligent, even more diligent. I have to be more diligent ever than I have been. Uh, because it, I'm finding myself guilty of things uh, of, in my old writing that I'm fixing up and all that stuff. Um, if you're not serving the story, then you're in the way of the story. And if you're in the way of the story, you're you're committing blasphemy. All right, you know. So I I will explain it this way. Um, way back, way, 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 way back when I was on my honeymoon with the wife, I wrote a book so that I would look like I'm not just chasing her across the beach all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it was, uh, it was, the name of the book was called Written in My Soul. And it was, inter- it was interviews, um, uh, uh, interviews of musicians, famous musicians about the craft, you know? And it was, you know, great interview with Dylan about writing oh my god you know but also there was one by Sting you know and they were talking about this you know and at one point they talked about uh bass lines and how he chooses his bass lines and writing should be how Sting thinks about bass lines Sting says a really good bass line you don't hear you feel Mm. right and really good writing doesn't call attention to itself. It actually gets out of the way and lets the reader zip right past it because the characters, they're following the characters down the block or whatever's going on, right? And that's always the goal. And uh, M dashes and ellipses got in the way, you know? So I'm in a uh, 12 step program, actually. And uh, (laughs) hi. Hi, my name is Chris. Chris, and I'm an M dash addict. Yes. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm. That's my. That's my stance for that stuff. So there you go. Okay. Okay. I, there's more I could ask you about that, but we're gonna let that one go. For <laughs> uh, Do you agree at all? I, I actually, I would say, um, I tend to look at it. it. Doesn't mean that folks. Doesn't mean that I'm brilliant and and everybody else isn't. It means the exact opposite. <laughs> you know, it well to me, what it means is that there are different. There are moments when you might want to think, hmm. And, and I think that's, the, that's one of the, the factors of the craft. You're going to write it, and if you really feel like, for me, it's an M-dash thing. Um, I use it, I, don't, I hope I don't use it as much as I used to, but I use it to cut somebody off in a, in a comment. Yes, yes, yeah. but that's a function, right? Right, right. And then if you cut 12 people off in a row, then you're in a Bronx family, <laughs> probably at dinner. no. no. <laughs> I don't know. I know some. I, you know, just to be totally inappropriate, I know some Jewish families and Italian families that that's a dialogue across the dinner table. So yeah, you're right. Somewhere yeah, in the yeah, yeah, we're all there. There's a cultural ding that that people, no, but I. But that is yeah. That is a function of the scene. Right. right? Specific. So when I was doing an action scene, no dialogue, and oh. M dashing my ass off to try and create. <laughs> A slam cuts, that's when I went wrong. Gotcha. You know? Okay. I mean, if I'm talking, if, if uh, Mallory and Gunner from New York City, they cut each other off. M dash works for that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the use and abuse of the oh. M dash here on episode 160. Yeah. Tell the damn okay. story. <laughs> so let, let's jump to, thank you for, you know, just elaborating on that. Let's jump to some of the questions that we received here. Okay. Um, as one I have here. Oh, well, you know what, this, I'm going to save that one for, for the next one. I'm going to do this one. What does it mean? And I think, I think this has come up before. So I guess this is, 
one of those questions we could say is probably popular. What does it mean when I'm told to find my voice in writing? This is a tricky one, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is a tricky one. Um, there's two. There's two ways that I think you can answer that, right? Um, young writers. Now that doesn't mean in age. That might be an experience, right? Mm -hmm. You might have writing heroes, you know? And one of the things, if you're really studying your writing hero, well, the next thing you write is going to have your hero all, all through it, you know? And a lot of people, a lot of people do that. And then, you know, you, let, you figure out how they did it, and then a little more of you come out, a little more of, you know. Um, the idea of finding your voice is to write with enough confidence to be you and not somebody else, not be Stephen King, not be one of the legends do I know. Oh, Alex Simmons. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Right. Okay. Walter but you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Some people do this consciously. Hunter S. Thompson uh, famously typed out um, an Ernest Hemingway novel because he wanted to see how he, it was put together. Um, some people did that for Great Gatsby or this and that. That's an exercise that they do. Um, that wasn't something that... Um, wasn't something that I consciously agreed to, but when I was like 14, um, I, I lost a good friend of mine. He uh, uh, chose to leave, let's put it that way. Mm. And I, uh, everything I was writing, and in, back in those days, there was a lot of song lyrics, never even heard any music to it. But I wrote one about it, and I got really excited, you know, and uh, I showed it to a friend or, or associate, whatever, you know, in the Bronx, you got 4 million people you're hanging out with. And he says, this is the lyrics to um, uh, Sheep by Pink Floyd. And I looked at it again. Or Dogs, Dogs by Pink Floyd. And I looked at it again, and it was, that was on playing in the background. And I kind of had copied the style. So wow. that, was, that was, you know, Roger Waters' voice, not my voice. So you, you have to go through this. You know, some people say 10,000 hours of doing anything and then you mastery. Well, I don't know how many thousands of hours or how many hundreds of hours or how many drafts, but you will, you know, you will see influences uh, popping up. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I can say is in serving the story and listen and say, all right, is that how it has to be said? Or is that Stephen King? Or is that, you know, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle? Or is that uh, Nora Ephron or who else, right? Um, how would I say it? How would those characters say it? You know, and again, character bios help and all that sort of stuff. Um, I think it's something that arrives, you know, like when you're a kid and your tooth falls out and it's just this gape, just gaping hole forever. And then you wake up one morning and then the new tooth is there and it's starting to grow like an adult tooth. It's a new um, Jerry Craft book now, The New Tooth. Yes, The New Tooth. That's the third one. That's the yeah. third one. New Tooth. <laughs> um, I think that's how you develop. I don't think you can sit down and say, okay, today I am going to find my voice. That's, you know. And, I th and too much forcing it can uh, uh, create writing problems. The way to find your voice is to be as pure you as possible. And that's a great journey to go on because you throw up, you know, roadblocks to being you all the time. You know, I, I, I how said, about you? What is your advice? Well, you, thank you. I, yeah, um, I was just thinking uh, with, with a lot of my students, it's in particular when I work with students um, who come from other countries, uh, they want to, you know, not all, not all of them want to do this, but every now and then you hear, you know, I want to I want to make this movie and I want to write this screenplay and it's going to be this and this and this. And you can tell they're influenced by American films. And I say, you know, as you're writing your original story, is that what we're here to do? Do not forget where you came from. Do not forget your experiences. Do not forget your feelings, because that's where your voice will come from. 
It will come from who you are and how the filter that you see the world through. And don't be, and then, you know, we'll sometimes play with names that they're, that they're you know, fans of or the films that they're fans of. I will, I will push in, a, in an asking way to get them to tell that story closer to themselves or closer to how they see it rather than what they've seen. Uh, you know, on the screen or something like that. So I tend to try and get people to dig inside themselves for sometimes a setting, characters, uh, emotions. Uh, you know, what's your truth? And let's see how we can apply that to your story and to your characters and, and make it more you, which, again, helps them on that quest to find their voice and the kind of stories they want to tell. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of other people out there telling an American tale, there's a, you know, but to tell your tale, mm -hmm. you know, whether you're in America in the setting of the tale or in, you know, a country of your origin or, or any mixture thereof, you're bringing authenticity. Yeah. You know? um, and the other thing is that, you know, again, when the more they know about the characters in the setting and the story, the more they tell themselves and tell themselves and tell themselves the story. Um, not anyone else, because you lose energy that way, but yourself, you know, you work. Mm -hmm. um, the more that voice comes out, you know. Yeah. Um, there's the, and there's also, you know, knowing the character well enough to know what that character brings to a particular scene, a particular journey, a particular situation. You know, someone from, um, Congo in Africa is going to bring a different skill set and a different world view than someone from Paris, France, mm -hmm. than someone from Brooklyn, New York. And all of it, all of it is rich. So if they have that treasure chest, why would they ignore it? And, and another thing that comes out, too, is a lot of times the story that you're telling, it's a human story, it's universal. So there's elements of it that are universal. You could be from Bombay, you could be from Brazil, you could be from Belgium, which would be right. there. And, and if you're telling the story about trying to, a person trying to find their way in the world, how do I fit in? That's a universal theme. And so sometimes you, know, you appeal to a wider audience by being authentic in your voice, but touching on a universal theme. There's something that says, oh, damn, you went through that too? Dag. You know? And that's kind of... It, uh, it's enriching. It's an enriching experience. It's also an enlightening experience. Right. And it's experience that says the ultimate, you know, going total soapbox for a moment. Damn it, we're all human beings. Okay, right. no matter what you're being told politically or otherwise, we are all human beings, same angels and devils. Right. And for those sci-fi students out there, or sci-fi writers, or whatever, it's it's the humanity or personality or um, background and, and worldview of mm -hmm. those characters that, you know, um, we don't root for E.T. to go back a ways until we make a connection, you know, and we feel what he feels. Same thing with Thor. You know, if you watch you know, the first Thor movie, the opening, he's an ass. You know, we don't really start rooting for him until we see him get his button to learn. Hey, I'm an ass. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? yeah. I mean, one of the one of the, the great things, not to make that Marvel the the mountain of greatness, but one of the great things about uh, that big twenty two movie, twenty three movie story arc is that you know one of the the two key players, really, Iron Man and Captain America, didn't fit, you know. Iron Man was a jerk, you know. Tony Stark's a jerk who causes more havoc and creates more villains, you know, than he creates solutions, you know, it, it seems. And Cap, you know, everything yeah. he goes through is learning. He might as well be an alien because he doesn't know you know, he's 70 years out of his time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, his his big reward is to go back. Yeah. And he goes back for love. He goes yep. back for love. 
that humanizes, you know, and, it, and the story goes, we don't root for Hamlet because he's confused or confusing. It's because we're confused or confusing. And we see that, you know, so yes, be human and be your human. And that's going to make it more original. And people are hungry for fresh stories. So, yeah. Um, so a couple of people asked, um, what are some of the questions I should definitely ask or answer about a character when I'm creating them? And one, we have a sheet that I'll make available as a downloadable, mm -hmm. uh, what we call character bio questions, which will help answer that. <clears throat> but I want to sort of fine tune this instead of the general questions. What are the tough questions to answer when you're creating a new character? What do you find some of the toughest ones to come up with some sort of response to? Why? That's a good one. Well, what, what, what I mean by what I mean by that, it, it might sound flippant. I don't mean it as flippant. No. What whatever the character is. Right. Well, you know, you, you're walking. Oh, this idea, you know, and then this character would be the great vehicle for this idea or whatever. Then why? Why? Why that person? Why is she or he or it or whatever mm -hmm. the best to tell the story? Um, I'll tell you a behind the scenes thing. And then this will get this will get into a murky territory. And we may no attention to that man behind the curtain. Go ahead. <laughs> so City of Woe and being re written and all that sort of stuff you know I'm, I'm thinking about it and i'm trying to think about it with fresh eyes and a fresh heart and open my heart and all that stuff and um there is no reason inside this story you know mallory and gunner are, are are two uh white guys because you know i was i was personally you know when i was first learning how to write a novel i was going with what i knew <laughs> yeah. I, right? I think you, right. you know a couple of white folks, don't you? Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Mallory is uh, married, and he, he's a little thinner, a little more serious, and, and Gunner is uh, a big sloppy guy and um, loves, loves, loves women. Mallory loves one woman. Gunner would like to love every other one, uh, just, you know, to even the world out, right? Um, and... As I was doing this rewrite, uh, you know, one of the exercises was, okay, you know, there's that exercise, who would you cast, you know? And I pushed myself. I said, all right, let's, you know, today, when you're know, walking the dog or doing whatever the hell I was doing, um, let's cast, um, you know, alternate cast, you know? And I've always done it when I was a, a, a director of high school plays. I didn't care what the script said as far as who the character was. I cared which could, kid could handle it. So, you know, we would change gender, ethnicity, whatever, to, to fill the roles, right? So I'm going to apply that mindset, that experience to my characters. There is no reason that I can come up with except for outside uh, uh, political correctness why Mallory cannot be an African-American and why Gunner can't be um, a lesbian. It could be the very easily the mm -hmm. same story. With a, written um, it that way originally, there's no reason why you couldn't have gone in those directions. Right. I, I went with what I knew and, 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 and what I first saw. But if, you know, if we wanted to cast them differently, or if, you know, and, and there, was an, you know, there was an exercise I was doing with one of the people who was the first reader in which I was saying that and showing them how it would work, you know. Uh, there's no reason why Gunner, as a lesbian, couldn't be as um, free with his, her heart, <laughs> we'll say, mm -hmm. um, and libido, you know, with with people that she connects with. There's, I mean, there's there's that kind of person in every walk of life. So there wouldn't have to be a lot of changes. Hold on before you send the email for either <laughs> of them, right? Until you got to what we were talking about in the other question, which was, you know, writing the nuance and the reality. And because then, mm -hmm. you know, Mallory as uh, a white guy married to Gina and this and that is one set of realities. If he was African-American, 
Would she still be a Sicilian? Would she be different? How would that go? And then on and on it go. How would he react to the lieutenant who is African-American? Um, would there be a different dynamic? Um, would, would the... Um, Would the disrespect he gets in the unit be for they still get that? Yeah. Would they be self-conscious about that yeah. in, in modern society? You know, um, would there be less? Eventually he gets cooperation because the case becomes so serious. Would that be held back or would they, you know, would they react differently? So, so the nuance changes dramatically and in, in a fascinating way never let it daunt be daunting you know and then the nuances of a, a lesbian character would be something that i would have to do so much i mean you have to do research with an african-american character as opposed to a white character well or, any character uh, that's not what you have it's not what my my are. yeah absolutely yeah, my core uh so it creates that in you know that thing and how do you do it correctly Everything that everyone that I've ever heard of who has responded in a way that I could respect is that you have to do the work and you have to do the uh, uh, the research and you have to uh, honor what you're doing and why you're doing it. You know, it would be horrible to make those changes because it would make the book more marketable. That would be a horrible thing to do. And believe me, it's done, though. Of it, course it's done. Of course it it's shows, done. And if, it shows, it shows. You know, and everybody has to come to that, the, you know, to that bridge and all that sort of stuff. Um, but the question, the question that you've answered is the toughest question for you to take on is why. Is the why, right? The that's why. What, Thank you for bringing me hey, back to that. Hey, anytime I can help, bro. You know, I well, got you, you back. Know, yeah. That's <laughs> why this is going for 160 episodes of glory. Right. Um, <laughs> let me throw in before you before you pontificate a bit more. Let me just start. Um, <laughs> I, I why. Ouch. Let me get those fingerprints off my face. Go ahead. <laughs> I think why is is also a liberating question. I think okay. I agree with you, and I think it's a very liberating question because it does cause you, especially if you roll with it, it causes you to dig deeper. You yeah. know, it causes you to really come up with not just justification, but to come up with real valid reasons why X happens to Y, and, and no pun intended there, and why the character does what he or she does, or what, what you know where they go in that situation. It fills out that world that you're creating with things, more things, real things that your audience can connect to. Instead of sitting there going, oh God, he's going to do this, he's going to do that because I've seen that before. No. Boom, boom, boom. You put in that and somebody goes, oh God, you know, I did that myself the other day or I know somebody went and you've got them. You've got them in your world. They're rolling along with your characters uh, and, and they're, they're on the ride. They're taking the ride. The other thing that I would say is um, I do bring up why for my students and myself. But I also love what if. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what if. Oh, God, that's magic. That's magic, that phrase. What if. Um, and that's the cure. That's the cure for writer's block, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone exactly. who says, I have writer's block, ask what if. Yeah. I said that to a student of mine just the other day. You know, just to, to, well, yeah, but I can only do, and you can only do this and that with it. Because, you know, can you only do this? I said, really? I said, well, <laughs> let's try this for a moment. Just, just roll with me on this. What if. And then I did, dig, 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 and she goes, oh. I said, no, take it somewhere else. Just say, what if? Mm -hmm. Oh, then that could, I said, and then that would mean, and I said, exactly. I said, right. when you approach a door, open it. Don't study it, open it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, it's beautiful. And I will go with, I'll add one other thing, and this is from Robert McKee. Sweet. And he says, you should actively paint your characters into a corner because in, the decision-making they're forced to, to, to undergo there, character is revealed. That's right. That's you know, right. so don't be afraid of any of that stuff. Ask the what if, go. And if you find yourself saying they can only, then go back and, all right, who is this character? Why, yeah. have, you know, and then start playing. Right. Why and can't they only? That's the fun. Yeah. That's the exactly. fun, yeah. It's 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 finding the it's finding the gift in the box of cereals, you know. It's it's you're rolling with the Goonies in the cave and you find the treasure, the 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 galleon, you know. You find that's where the buried secrets and buried treasures are. Um, another question: uh, What are 
common mistakes new, my, new writers make when plotting a story? What are some of the common mistakes that maybe some of your students or maybe you came across when plotting a story? You know, this is when you well, make you know, your days. Um, my wise guy answer is all of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, but what, I hear, what, what I've been guilty of and what uh, I have heard uh, more experienced, more accomplished, uh, more recognized writers, you know, Alex Simmons. Um, no. <laughs> um, the, um, oh, now I've, I went for the Alex Simmons joke and I forgot the question. Uh, oh, mistakes. Um, yeah. Making, making it too easy for your character, right? Uh, say they're solving a mystery. They almost almost go from beginning to end with no troubles whatsoever, you need to go back and rewrite. No right? yep. um, always ask why, how, you know, how, how was that so easy? You know, the idea, the reason why stories have been after food, shelter, food, water, shelter, right? Love, you know, or, mm -hmm. or maybe air. After that comes story. It's very early in our in our basic needs, and it's because we need to know that we're not going through this life alone. That we're not the only ones who've ever gone through this. So, think of your own life. You have been frustrated. You have made mistakes. You have tripped down the stairs, right? So should your characters, because. Part of the reason why readers read and people go to stories and people, you know, haunt Netflix is because they want to see the humanity, the, the, the struggle of the character to get from A to B and to learn who or she is in the process. Right. And, and, and I think that's one of the biggest mistakes is the, to not um, let them be human and struggle a little. Exactly. I would add to that <clears throat> lazy plotting, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of define that. Uh, that's like a next. That's like next door neighbor. That's a Jason man. Yeah, lazy plotting, right? That's a lovely girl. Um, it is. No, I mean next to what I said. It's, oh, 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 that's what you meant. Okay, thank you. That's it's right better. next to it, and and I agree with you. But please, yeah. uh, because you know, a lot of times you come up with this idea and you just sort of lay it out, and boom, okay, great. So now I'll just start writing. No. No, uh, go back, look at that, explore that, you know, play with it, push it, what if, all the things that we talked about. The other one is, again, still within that laziness, is the ending. You know, it's like sometimes, you're like, well, I figured the ending had to be this, so I'm just going to keep writing that, even though things have started to change and maybe the character wouldn't do that. But, you know, that's the ending I came up with. That doesn't mean that's the ending you, you should end with. Right. doesn't mean that's it. That means you got a little bit more work to do because yeah. the story and the characters are telling you, uh-uh. This is where we're going. This is what's happening. This is what you've developed. And I think, I think willing to go back, not go back and start all over again, but go back in those junctions where it's saying, go left, not right. You know, go back. I, Why? Okay, okay. Let me, let me go there. Let me see what's happening here. I th if I could add, I, I think that when that experience begins to happen, then you're clicking all the boxes we've talked about so far this evening. What I mean by that is if you say, well, and, and this is going to be my ending, you know, and then as your stories develop, your characters disagree with you, <laughs> right? That means your characters are alive, right? And it's tricky. You always have to be very honest, you know, because if you're writing through ego, you're like, oh, look at my characters, really, you know, and it's not really happening. You're just forcing, you know, but if you're organically writing and you want to go right and you're going left you yeah. know then you have to respect and ask the what if what if i do go that way what happens and all that stuff and also you know that thing where oh, I, I it's not working i can't write i'm blocked it's not that you're blocked it's two things either you didn't do enough research or your character is refusing to go that way yeah right? yeah i mean i i i've been this has been reinforced with the dog here you know walking on a dog all of a sudden the dog will not go in that direction you know and and i used to try let's go we have to go this way and, and real why why do we have to go this way? i said all right where do you want to go 
you want to cross the street, and then sometimes and you find another, and he finds what he needs to do. But the same thing with the characters, you know. Yeah. Um, and it happened with Blackjack. It's funny you mentioned that. I was going to do a Mary story, so go yeah, ahead. Uh, when we were doing um, Trial by Fire, Trial by Ice, um, I had a definite set of plans on what was going to happen. And once Blackjack met the kids in that story, he made a different set of decisions. He still was very, very Blackjack and very, um, you know, Blackjack, as oops, as you may have noticed, Alex, you know, when you have written Blackjack, you've disappeared from me. I don't know what's happening. I'm I'm here. Can you yeah, hear me? I, somehow I shrunk you. Oh, uh, so I could use losing a few pounds. It's okay. That's really funny. Sitting on my tuchus for six. Now you'll go with it, Mike. Now I see you there. Okay. okay. Um. Once the kids were there, Blackjack, as you know, will will run headlong into adventure and he did but there was always this little you know this part of him where he was literally he's driving a tank through a forest fire and keeping the kids safe at the same time spoiler but that that little that little addition Mm -hmm. changed how he was for that adventure um and he would not ignore the kids for the for for the moment of whatever was needed. Yeah. And I, it was astoundingly exciting for me to see Blackjack uh, insisting, yeah. <laughs> taking, really taking control of the story. And and I think that's that's an experience I would wish upon every writer. I would I would add two things to that. One, because Blackjack and kids. He, he does respond. I mean, whether you're writing him, I'm writing him, or we're doing it together, he does respond to children in a way that changes a lot of his actions and thoughts and things within a particular adventure. Uh, in uh, Blood and Honor, and this is before you and I uh, had done any of these other stories we're talking about, when I was writing Blood and Honor, and there's a scene on literally on a cliffside, a car is starting to go down the cliff, and it's going to, down the, 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 the slope, and it's going to go off the cliff, and it's a, it's a thousand foot drop, and there's a child in the car. There's also a guy standing right, with, right near him with guns on him. So he makes a move, he could make a move to take them out, and then he would live, and possibly the, the woman he's standing next to, which is the child's mother, but the car's gone, and right. that child would die. And so he makes this split second decision go for the child. I don't even think it was a conscious, oh, which do I do? The car's going, there's a kid in there, boom, that's what he's doing. Now, they could have shot him down before he was able to do anything, but that wasn't even on his mind. Get to the car, do, and, and the car goes off the cliff. And I'll leave people there, because we haven't read the book. Right. The book you should. Right. And go to Amazon right now. But, but, but that, says, that says something to... about who he is. Hang on, that says exactly. something about who he is. And then Mary, his sister, because, you, know, you know, Blackjack I created back in, in the late 80s, and I've written certain stories by myself, written some with you, and then over, over the, all these years. And I had in the very first couple of books, I had Mary decide when they came back from Europe, their parents were dead, and they were in their early 20s. Mary says, I'm not staying in New York here. I'm not, you, you want to live in New York, you want to go have that adventure that dad's been having and all that, and now he's dead, but you want to do that, fine. I love you, we're family. There's a home anywhere, anytime you want to come, that's fine. But I'm going to go find myself peace and quiet in the Midwest. And I'm taking a black woman in the 1930s and putting her in the, in the Southwest United States. What the heck was I thinking? And I said to myself at the time I did it, why is she moving there? And I couldn't answer the question. Something just said, that's where I'm going. And it literally came to me like that. That's where I am going. Well, okay, I'll roll with it. In a, you know, maybe in a couple of weeks, a month or whatever, I'll figure it out. Years go by. And I've written some stories where she pops up in a story. I, you know, I started writing a couple of stories about her. And I had a couple of plots. So I, it's not like I ignored her for 15 years or anything like that. It never came to me. Why are you there? And then one day when I was working on the anthology uh, collection of stories about Mary alone, and one of the plots was formulating in my mind. I was working out some of the details. And then suddenly went, 
oh my God, that's why she went there. And she's saying, yeah, that's why I went there because this is my battleground. I went, oh my God. And 15, 15 years or more. Yep. And I didn't, I didn't know the answer. I just went with it because it felt right. But I knew there had to be an answer. Now, I, I feel obligated to say that this comes with an asterisk. You know, um, writers can use this as an excuse. Writers can use this as a reason why they didn't finish any single story. Mm -hmm. They keep writing, rewriting, writing, stopping that story and going to another story. And this is what I really want to write. And this is what I really want to write. Um, you know, I'm uh, by day. I am a high school teacher. Yes, but by night, he's a mass writer. Of That's course. right. <laughs> um, and right now we're doing um, the college essay. And uh, uh, their drafts are in and all that stuff. And then every year there's somebody, and uh, got one again this year, where um, every two days she announced this dynamic new essay that she's going to write. Right. And that she has written and then do that. And I said to her finally, I said, this is I have seen this is the 25th year in a row that I have seen this. Um, what you're really saying is that you don't know what to write. And here's what I'm going to tell you. You have to finish this essay. And if you finish this essay with all your efforts, you know, an honest, sincere effort, I will give you a good grade. Mm. If after the good grade, you are still on fire to write another essay, an essay that really has to be the essay. Well, you write that essay and I'll give you multiple points, extra credit to raise your grade to the next level. Uh, if you got a B, you'll get a B plus. Only if you can prove to me that that essay that you did write is not as good as this essay. I said, she was, you, you want me to write more than one essay? I said, no. I mm -hmm. want you to write one essay. Right. You're writing seven essays. It's the same thing. So when we, when we talk about uh, a, a, a character insisting on going in another direction or moving to the Southwest and not telling us for 15 years, that's organic, sincere writing. Don't fall into the trap of jumping from project to project because your character sincerely decided that it, you know, he did not want to be, uh, she didn't want to be a housewife in Connecticut. She wanted to be, you know, an ag gangster in 1930s Chicago or, you know, that's a different story. And I, we all understand that writing can be scary. Calm yourself, relax, just write one sentence. Mm -hmm. And then when you finish writing that sentence, write the next sentence. And that's not me, that's Ernie, Uncle Ernie Hemingway. Saying, so just write one good sentence and yeah. then write another one. That's how you write, you know? So we have to be careful that we don't use these things as excuses, right? Yeah. I will applaud that. And we're also going to see this as our last uh, question for today, but believe cool. me, we'll be back next week. But I will applaud that, and I'll just add on to that. I just had a student who was struggling with uh, a story, her screenplay that she's working on, a short one, too, uh, because she said to me, you know, I, 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 you know I, there's all these thoughts, and I can't, and, and then I don't know how to, and it becomes really hard for me to write this. And I said, I said, okay, breathe, right? And I said, I understand that a lot of ideas and a lot of challenges are coming to you all at once as you look at this piece. All right? I said, but here's what I want you to do, because her story really is, one big scene, you know, mm -hmm. we'll cut away at any time. I said, I want you to see it as moments. I want you just to write that first moment when your character is walking up the street, looking for this house number in this new neighborhood, and they've never been here before. That's the first moment, write that moment. Mm -hmm. You finish that moment, the next moment, something happens to that character and she's thrown. Just write that moment, just take it in, little moments and she she we had writing time during the class and when i checked in with everybody at a certain point only 20 minutes had gone by she was on fire mm -hmm. completed that first moment yep 
you know. So that's it. Sometimes, you know, it looks overwhelming. It looks daunting. It looks scary. There is a lot of unknown out there. But, you know, put some batteries in your flashlight, you know, get some hard tack and let's go. You know, take it one step at a time, one step at a time. Okay. So, Chris, this is this is pretty good. And even though I'm still not 100 percent, my tummy's talking to me. Uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, I had a great time. I always have a great time talking to you. That's one of the reasons why we have been friends for 342 years. Give or take a day or two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, buddy, uh, well, first off, you know, everybody, thank you for, for joining in. Thanks for the question. Thank you very much. Keep those cards and letters coming as the phrase goes. Uh, and if you and again, we always say this. It's funny. Uh, I think I'm going to actually aggressively go after this now because people are timid. If you have techniques that you find work for you that you want to share, we're open to sharing them. You know, and we'll give you credit. Yeah, absolutely. We're not going to say, oh, and I. No, we're going to say, you give us a first name or whatever. Boom. We'll say, well, we have a writer in Cincinnati, uh, Charlotte, who does X, and she finds this works for her. So, yeah, let's let's share that because, I mean, that's what we're doing. We're sharing what we've learned from others, right. what we've discovered, what we think works for us. And the beauty of it, Chris, because, you know, Chris has already talked about his odyssey into traditional publishing and working with this editor and all that. We're always learning. Yeah. We are always learning. And that's a good thing. You know, it gives you something to look forward to. I can get better. I can discover more. And that's that's a good thing no matter where you are in the writing uh, journey. I agree, I agree, I agree. And that's all. The journey is part of telling the damn story, right? You know, if you if you write the story and put it on your shelf, you just told yourself the story. So, you know, <laughs> we're doing all this stuff and, and looking at all this nuance to tell the damn story so that someone who needs it can find it and feel... The circle is completed. Absolutely. Absolutely. There was a time you sent a video from a, a conference of a, a, a young man who really connected with the, one of the stories I wrote. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And, I mean, that experience of I never got to meet the young man. Um, but of him really getting it and connecting with it, that's, that's the reason we do all this stuff. You know, if you're here for the big bucks, that's <laughs> that's two doors down. Yeah, right. Knock twice. Tell the damn said. story. Okay, <laughs> that's what this is. All right, man. Love you, Chris. Take care. Give my best to everybody, and my best. Feel better. You eat some grape nuts or something. Get yourself together. Yes, yes. <laughs> some mucilin, right? Okay. There hey, you well, go. Everybody, Peace. See everybody, be well. Right. Be careful. Wash your hands. Mask. Yeah. Stay away from everybody. <laughs> Bye, Chris. Bye, everybody. Peace. Take care.